Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Pringle Bay, South Africa, we are joined by Webflow designer and developer at Holy Moly Creative Studio, Jenna Burns. Jenna is a one-woman agency that focuses on building relationships and websites that make her clients exclaim, holy moly. In this episode, we'll talk about the advantages of being the designer and developer with a focus on open communication with clients, plus how freelancing projects come in waves, so don't be driven by fear in the downtimes. Featuring Jenna Burns, this is Overflow. Hey, Jenna, thank you for joining me today. Hey, Max, it's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me. Can we start off just by tell everyone a little bit about yourself and who you are? So I'm Jenna and I'm an independent web designer and Webflow developer. I'm based in a tiny little seaside village called Pringle Bay in South Africa. Been in the Webflow world for just over two years now. Can you tell us a little bit more about Pringle Bay? What is it like to live there? It's incredible. So... My husband and I moved out here in October last year and wanted to get away from sort of city life and the hustle and bustle. We originally lived in in Cape Town. Pringle Bay is about an hour and a half outside of Cape Town. It's super small. It's about one and a half thousand permanent residents. We live a kilometer from the beach, about 250 meters from the mountains. So we literally, we live in like a theater basically of mountains. The little village, we've got a couple of restaurants and about three different sort of grocery stores and beautiful beaches. When you get out of the house, where do you like to go? I love going to the beach. I often go to the beach. We've got two dogs, so take them down to the beach for walks and try to swim at least two or three times a week which is rather brave because it's uh, pretty <laughs> pretty chilly in the water here. And get out onto the mountains. There's some beautiful trails. As of this year, I've started training for my first half marathon. So mm. been getting out, doing a lot of running, which is incredible here because it's a lot quieter, obviously, than doing it in a city. I can just get out onto the mountains, run on the trails, jump onto the beach if I really want to challenge myself on the sand. The Indian Ocean down there is so beautiful. It's it's one of my favorite spots to go to. Can you kind of yeah. describe the, the ocean? Oh, the ocean and Pringle. Well, first, I think it's nominated maybe the most scenic drive in the world. It's Clarence Drive, which goes from Gordon's Bay, and then it takes you along into Oberberg, which is the area that we live in. On a really beautiful day, the water is just like completely turquoise. So you've got the sea on one side, just huge mountains on the other. And it's like a, a huge bay that you can then look across over to Cape Town from. Of course, it's not tropical, so the water's cold and might look warm. But we <laughs> often have some seals like frolicking around. We've got sea otters. Uh, we've got some whales during whale season. No great whites as of yet. <laughs> those, are, those are on the other side of Cape Town. <laughs> those tend to stick to, to Cape Town side, but we get some dolphins. And so, yeah, we're pretty lucky with the with the sea life that we get around here. Just watch out for the box jellyfish. Yeah, there, there are some terrible jellyfish, but to be fair, like there's also not too long ago, there was a seal attack in, in Clifton in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. 
which you would never think because you look at seals and you think they're cute. And this little seal just went after someone. And so now I I definitely like second guess myself when I see one uh, in the waves over here now. The main reason we actually moved out here was just to have a slower paced life, was to try and step away from feeling obligated to like always be doing something and like always seeing people. I mean, we love, we love our friends, we love our family and we love hanging out with each other, but the opportunity to step away from constantly moving and constantly feeling like you need to socially be around people. So for us living here, we actually really enjoy downtime and just like hanging out in our garden and cooking a little bit more. There are, I mean, there's a lot to do around here. There's some beautiful wine estates not too far away in the Hillman Arda Valley, which is towards uh, or in Hermanus, for those that don't know the area. So we do have incredible options if we do want to go out, but it's mostly about just being outside in nature and trying to be outdoors as much as we can. What is your workspace like there? Your desk where you normally where you normally work? What does it look like? When I was listening to other podcasts and like people explaining their workspace, I just yeah. My workspace a little bit lackluster at the moment. I recently moved into a new house, so I feel like what maybe should have been a priority and like judging up my office space and getting it like into that really you know inspirational space you want to step into in the morning. I think I've kind of put it a bit on the back burner. While in its simplicity, it is still beautiful. I've got, so where I'm sitting now, I've got a window to my left that has a view of the mountain and then little view of the ocean in the distance. There are a couple of houses in the way. Currently, I have a yoga mat on the floor next to me. So I've been trying to stretch a lot more with the running that I've mm. been doing. And then I have my granny's chair in the corner that was reupholstered when we moved into our spot. So that's kind of a quite a special item that I've got. And then I have a desk with not much on it. <laughs> it's minimal at the moment. It's a blank canvas for you to Yes, to work. it definitely is. There's a lot of potential. It's just that I haven't bought there yet. You mentioned you had the yoga mat, so I'm curious, do you take breaks to get away from the computer and do some stretching like in the middle of the day? Yeah, so I try to stretch as much as possible. Um, I'm sure everyone can relate that sitting for hours on end at your laptop can be extremely difficult on your back. I think just having the mat there next to me, although it does tend to turn into a little dog yoga mat throughout the day when my dogs <laughs> find it as a very comfortable spot, but it serves as a reminder that at least I need to move my body as often as I can. It's nice that if it's kind of in your vision, it gives that reminder. And yeah. of course, your doggy's doing down dog <laughs> on the yoga mat. It's really appropriate, right? Yeah, pure inspiration. <laughs> do you have any other hobbies or interests that you like to do? One of my biggest hobbies now that I spoke about is running. But outside <laughs> of that, I love cooking, enjoy being in the kitchen. Now that we've got a, a lovely garden, enjoy being out in the garden. And I've got some tomatoes growing and a bit of herbs. So try to <laughs> tend to that as much as I can. But always find this question kind of difficult because never know what life falls into hobbies. I, I'm not, I've never found, found myself being <laughs> like an extreme hobbyist. If I get that question, I'm like, do I have time for a hobby? I like, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got some little like knickknacks and things around me that I'll mess with sometimes. But yeah, the uh, half marathon that you said you're preparing for, what marathon is that and where is it? I'm turning 30 in April. So it was kind of like, this is a really healthy 
thirtieth birthday gift to myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a healthy celebration. Yeah, I mean, if there's yeah, if there was ever a moment to try and achieve it, I felt like this was the year, and yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked that I've at least committed to it. I feel like the thirties people always talk about that being like the year that's sort of like I don't know, this is generalizing, but like that mm -hmm. sort of defines your health, and that that's when your body starts to deteriorate a little bit, and like things get a bit harder. I know that sure. sounds super, it sounds very early. I mean, 30 is still really young, but there's no better time to do it as early as you can. So I would like to try and be more on top of it now before like the body starts conking too much. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Without the earlier, sounding too you, dramatic. <laughs> no, but yeah, the earlier you can kind of find those things that help you maintain physical health. We don't, we don't all need to be bodybuilders. I guess physical interests, you know, that keep you motivated and keep you going, keep you showing up mm -hmm. week after week, year after year. What is something that would surprise people to learn about you? Oh, gosh. I took a sabbatical from work back in 2019, and I went mm -hmm. and worked a wine harvest in Napa Valley. Yeah, I worked at a winery. Just I love wine. I love drinking wine. And I really wanted a break from being at the desk, being at my laptop, doing something a lot more physical. So I was accepted to a wine farm called Round Pond and ended up going to Napa for six months to make wine. Never been to Napa or to California or to that coast. So the way it sort of worked out was I was working at a travel company or an experience company that focused on wine. I didn't want to leave my job. I wanted something I could come back to. And so I needed to find something that would broaden my experience within wine and still be relevant to my existing job, which is why I did that. But it was definitely, I think, the moment that I realized I would love to have more freedom of being in my own space, stepping outside when I can and not being cooped inside all day. And funnily enough, then when I came back and COVID happened and kind of all just collided and made sense that that's what we wanted and that's the lifestyle that we wanted, I feel like that was all born in Napa. Lifestyle, you have choice there, right? And you have to decide what is the life you want to have. You have to make those kind of decisions or they will just happen for you. <laughs> They'll get made for yeah. you. Yeah. Right? So where you have those opportunities, go after those things, which kind yeah. of transitions us into the next question, which is what is your role? What is it that you do every day and how would you describe it? Like I mentioned before, I'm an independent web designer and web developer. I go under the name Holy Moly Creative Studio, which can be a bit misleading because it is just me. I'm a one-woman show. I've often now debated with that name on whether it was the right move or not. And to be honest, I think I just went with Creative Studio because it was the domain that was available at the time. I didn't know where this adventure was taking me, like going out on my mm. own. But anyways, so I'm a one-woman show, but I go under Holy Bowley. What I do is I work with clients across the world, mostly in the US, and I either do both design and development. I've also had times where I've only worked on development and times when I've only worked on web design. But the sweet spot is when I get to do both. You really get to understand the clients and their business and their goals and immerse yourself in it completely. And at the end of the day, hopefully produce something that is beautiful for them and does everything that they imagine it to do. Being the designer and the developer, how do you think that improves maybe the process for the client, but also for you as being the creative behind it, but also then developing? I think from my experience, 
it's always been lovely for a client to have one touch point in terms of communication. We form a relationship and it's generally quite a close one because it's me and the client or me and a couple of people from a marketing team and it's us throughout the project. And then from like design and development side of things, when you're doing the design and you have the understanding of the development, I mean, they both live together in, in an incredible way, but when you can understand how it may be able to be developed later on, it broadens your design a little bit because you know what you're capable of or at the same time, you might design something that you've never developed before and you know that you're challenging yourself. So that's interesting. So yeah, as when you're doing the design, you can actually make intentional choices. Like I know this is going to push me as a developer, you know, but Mm -hmm. I want to take that on. Yeah. What motivates you about doing this work and with clients? One of the biggest motivators is really just working towards creating something that a client is dreaming of and exceeding that expectation, actually, because of course, my goal is to always go above and beyond that and really surprise them and delight them with what they have in the end. Is that the reason for your the name, Holy Moly? Yeah. Because so, that's what you want your clients to say? <laughs> so it was okay. always like uh, behind it was the holy moly factor. You want, I always want mm. someone to see that first design and go, you know, holy moly, that's incredible. It's an exclamation. It's a wow. It's the wow factor. Do you have any advice on how do you work towards that moment with a client? The plans, you know, you could say it's really trying to nail the design or really trying to nail the development. But I think it comes down more to that relationship that you have with them and and making sure that you you have a very like open channel and connection and you're great with feedback and always responsive. Yeah, it's not just about delivering the project. It's about managing the relationship and really understanding who they are. This is our essence. This is our purpose. What is a resource that you think more people in the community should know about? The first thing that popped in my head was Twitter. Obviously, there's a lot of people on Twitter, but there are a lot that aren't. I've spoken to a handful of those, you know, had a few local designers, developers reach out to me and curious about my journey and how I've got to where I am. And I would say, you know, have you joined the community on Twitter? And and they had no clue that it was even a thing. It's something I would rave about and praise all the time. And I think that's the number one thing that I would always go back to and, and make sure that they're a part of. How do you think is a good way to kind of reach out and really start interacting with the community? I think it's it's just being out there, you know, showing your work. This is something that so many people speak about is promoting your own work and and then just interacting with those that you feel inspired by. I mean, there there really are so, so many incredible people out there that that work on Webflow and it it doesn't take long to find them. And more often than not, everyone that I've like reached out to or I've had a couple of people reach out to me, they are more than willing to dedicate an hour of their day just to chat and get to know each other. Reach out to folks on Twitter and it's the resource of resources, if you will. Who is someone in the community that inspires you? She's not a hidden gem. And I know so many people shout her name, but Grace is obviously up there. Yeah, I feel like I can relate to her on a couple of levels. Obviously, she she does what I do and I love the work that she does. And Grace Walker, yep. Yes. What is some advice that you would like to share with others in the community? 
some advice that I would share with others. So I decided to take November and December off. I was getting married. My brother was coming down from Taiwan with his family. I decided, you know what, we deserve a break. I'd had a really good year and gracefully bowed out for the two months. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to come and fight in the new year and I'll solidify some clients for January. Well, I didn't. So when I came to my desk in January, it was okay. I, I was keeping myself busy. I was doing busy designing and developing a webflow template and I had a couple of other bits and bobs going on, but no new clients. And the month passed on and, and nothing was happening. And then eventually I decided to just tweet that I was open to working with more studios or agencies throughout the year. And I'd love to collaborate mm -hmm. a lot more. Through that, I actually got a couple of referrals. Then there was, I don't know, there was one week where suddenly I just got an influx of leads and I started to book in a couple of things and everything just started to fall into place. But there was a time when I felt really sort of down and just, you know, those moments when you think, can I really do this? And my advice is that you can and things will work out the way that they're meant to. Definitely, there are going to be some hard times, but you kind of need to just push through those hard times and know that things will eventually fall into place and work out. You need to continue to continue, you know, you need to carry on. And when you do that, things will happen and you'll succeed. How do you feel now having gone through that, that period now being on the other side, looking back? I still find it a bit terrifying sounds kind of extreme because I, I don't find what I do terrifying. But the reality is, is that I'm in charge of my own destiny with what I've chosen to do now, you know, going out as a freelancer and, and the onus falls on me to, to find work and to produce work. I think it never leaves you. I don't know, as a freelancer, does that mm -hmm. bit of fear ever leave you that you aren't going to find work? But it was definitely a reminder of, of what I'm worth and what I'm capable of and to actually also enjoy the quiet times because it's not always going to be like that. And there are going to be times when you're struggling to find a moment to breathe and take it as an opportunity to work on personal projects and, and up your skills a little bit more and just, just be. Yeah, the freelancer journey, it kind of, it ebbs and flows. <laughs> and so... Yeah, you don't need, is. you don't need to, you don't need to panic, <laughs> but you do need to <laughs> carry on, you need to push on. And too <laughs> often as a, as a freelancer, speaking from my own experience, you know, it's easy to just feel that weight and kind of feel like it's all on you and just letting people know, Hey, I'm available. You'll be surprised. The you know, community is very supportive and things will, will start opening up. Yeah. All right, Jenna, if anyone in the community wants to reach out and connect with you, how can they do that? So I'm mostly active on Twitter and my handle is CS, as in Creative Studio. I do have Instagram, but I don't really use it all too often. So Twitter is my, my number one spot. This was an Overflow episode with Jenna Burns, produced by the Webflow community team with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.